talaga kapag gumato ka universe, dapat pagbuksan mo lang. Kasi yung sabi nga nila, carpe diem, seize the day. Naiiniwala ka doon? It's fate. Pinagtagpo tayo ng tadhana. Welcome to the Popoy and Basher podcast, a podcast about Pinoy rom-com movies by amateur film critics. I'm your host, Danny, and this is Eugene. Hi, Danny. Eugene, what are we talking about in today's episode? In today's episode, we will be talking about the 2018 movie First Love, starring Aga Mulak and Bea Alonso, written and directed by direct Paul Soriano. Agamulak na naman tayo. Yeah. According to IMDb, First Love is Nick, played by Agamulak, meets the impulsive photographer Bea Alonso as Ali, who believes in destiny and carpe diem despite living with a congenital heart disease. Ali then challenges Nick to seize every moment of his life before it's too late. So it sees the day, no? What do you think Seize about the this day, movie? the movie? I thought Paul Soriano's first love was a really well-made film. Mentally, though, I was making a list in my head for places I wanted to see in Vancouver <laughs> when the pandemic ends. And I learned about the disease, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I will just, yeah. Those are my general thoughts. Do you want to put that in your trivia for later? No, that's not my trivia for later. I have better trivia for later. I, before we start today's episode, I guess, I just want to issue an erratum, if that makes sense, on podcasts. I kept referring to the writer Carmi Raimundo as Carmi Mundo in the last episode. So, sorry, <laughs> Carmi, for you're butchering your name. <laughs> I cut off the ray and just said... Mundo, but anyway, what did you? What were your thoughts about first love? First love, Vancouver is beautiful. It is Vancouver the movie. You've been right. <laughs> I've been to Vancouver. Really fast trip. I wish I was able to explore it after that was last watching year this movie. long. Though. Yeah, oh, before the pandemic. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go recreate. I, I, all I think we already went there. <laughs> With this movie. <laughs> right? What did you like about this movie? He said you like it. I thought it was a good-looking movie. And that the locations that they shot at were really picturesque. The color grading was really nice. I'm just saying nice a lot in this in my notes. Soundtrack was nice. <laughs> it used a bunch of cool indie songs and I've been mean to look at the soundtrack. I do like the songs that they use and they I felt like they were fitting for every for the moment where it felt appropriate and like their version of I don't know who sang it, but there was a a rendition of Itanum was sa Yeah. Right? They yeah. They, they sing that. Yeah. And Bea Alonso put on a really great performance. Kudos to her. I think we have yet to watch. We keep, we, we keep talking about Popoy and Basher, but we've never seen first. I know. One, one more chance. chance. We, we, we ought to we'll watch get one. there. How about you? What what was the best thing about this movie for you? Vancouver really is beautiful. I think <laughs> I think the 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 set was great. Just like what you mentioned, it was well shot. It really didn't feel like 
Manila. It really felt like, you know, you were overseas. And shot somewhere else. Good lighting. It feels like spring. Parang spring or autumn. Mm-hmm. Na you can smell the crisp mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, it was shot really well. Some moments um, was shot in the hospital, in the bookstore, in the parks. And even Agamulax's house, so Nick's house, the water boat, water house? I don't know what it is. He has a house by... Houseboat? House by the, by the lake. Water or... I don't know. It was really beautiful. It looks yeah. nice. Maybe that's a good compromise if you want a boat and you want to live in the water. But you don't want a boat or something like that. He it was looks living re- alone, no? Yeah, it looks... Pres- yeah, he was living alone. And I, I don't know what it... Parashang, I guess where you park yachts. <laughs> I don't know. You're the boat person here. <laughs> so, I mean, we understood once we knew that uh, Nick is rich, rich, right? So He's rich. I think to give more context to the Agamula character, Nick, he is a venture capitalist and he deals, what is it, risk management. There are so many words out there, but I think basically he deals with any risk-related Stuff with your business is that is that accurate? A venture capital. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you don't know what a venture capitalist Please is. Please educate us. The trivia you later, but essentially somebody who invests somebody else's money. So he has to, you know, assess the risks of an investment, a business, and see what the returns of that will be for their um, funders or their their sources of capital. So that was his Investors. job. That's his job in in Vancouver as a Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> yan yung ano ko second ko na ano yan? bros. Okay. We discussed this briefly, but the OFW classism judgment it wasn't super done well. But I am kind of happy that it was shown in a way to portray to us na hey. Not all Filipinos overseas are, are friends. There's some. I mean, I guess it's common enough, but it feels different when you're an OFW. Again, as an OFW myself, hmm. especially in Japan, I felt this. We're in, you know, it's just classism. People will ask you first thing. They will ask you, "What do you do in Japan? What yeah. do you do in Tokyo? How long have you been here? Mm-hmm. Anong klase ng trabaho mm-hmm. ginagawa mo?" So you're happy that they portrayed a different kind of OFW. I guess you can say that. That's one part, but. The part wherein Ali's mom was sort of judging Nick. Na, right. Oh, mahirap maging, you know, OFW mm-hmm. sa Vancouver and mga trabaho mo. That's so judgy. Actually, now that I think about it, with an OF, he would have to have lived in Vancouver for a really long time to live that by the sea. Life. Yeah, for that type of life. He did mention he, he's, did he he's been that? living there for 22 years. Oh gosh, this movie was kind of... <laughs> I Forgettable? Out, no, I missed out on a bunch of details that I forgot. Like Details like that. He mentioned really? a number of times that he became a... He did many odd jobs. Uh, ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. became yeah, yeah. a venture capitalist. But my point, the point that I want to make and why I like this portrayal of... Yeah, you, you have a good comment na a different type of OFW was portrayed. Diba? Successful mm-hmm. venture capitalist that's like, you get to get be really rich, right? Mm-hmm. What, what a dream. Not not just being a worker. Tapos, you got the judgment side of Ali's mom. Mm-hmm. So, when you combine that two together, parang, yeah, it exists. It sucks. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I faced that in Tokyo again, but you know, it's it's real. Mm-hmm. Filipinos being judgy, and it's also the same in the Philippines, anyways. Mm-hmm. But you would think na wala siya if you know both of you are struggling, but yeah, it still exists. It's interesting that you brought up Ali's mom. Sorry, Ali is Bea Alonso, yep. correct? Ali's mom, because I f- I think among a lot of other things. The portrayal of Ali's mom was one of the things that I kind of didn't like about this movie. It was, I feel like the purpose of having the mother of a sick girl character is just to remind her sick daughter that she's sick. <laughs> Essentially being the only enemy in this, in this kind of movie, right? Only contrabida. Only, yeah, she was the only contrabida where she reminds her daughter like, oh... Agamulak is no. She didn't call him Agamulak. Nick, Nick is what forty five years old, and misakit ka pa. You know, you're still shopping around for a new heart, and it's just, it's very. Uh, I I don't know. It's disappointing to me how we, I guess, in movies, we haven't seemed to move on from that kind of character. Like that mom trope, like that the mom of the sick girl trope. trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel that as much, but now that you mentioned it, oh, nga, yun lang yung role niya Uh-oh. to tell her, hey, don't have fun. Yes. Hey, don't live your life. Para the contrast, leave. Wag mong iiwan yung life mo. for that, so that the contrast of her viewpoints, the mom's viewpoints, and Ali's viewpoints will be clear. Mm-hmm. Na. Ali being a quirky, and we'll talk about tropes later. Ali being a quirky girl who wants to live her life, working at a bookshop, and then the mom saying, "Hey, be careful, tone it down. Don't, hiking. don't live your life. Oh, wakang tumalon ng bridge." So, yeah, you're right. You know, I mentioned tropes. Now let's. I want to get to one of the things that I didn't like: mm. the whole character development in Ali and. That attraction with Nick, that whole, I don't know, spark, chemistry, you can say. Mm-hmm. Something is missing. Parang, As in, wala. <laughs> I guess so. Wala, yeah. I won't say wala. There were good moments, but uh, the motivations weren't clear. Here I go again with motivations. Na, ano ba, what is pushing Ali to act that way, to be super duper straightforward na, parang hindi natural na actually if you think about it parang nanakawin ba niya yung puso ni Nick and 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 I can say that with quotes as well right parang ano yung intentions niya with Nick it wasn't clear na parang they just bumped in the bookshop and then yeah they bump into each other and it was like this this twist of fate that they met and then I don't know if we're doing spoilers in this podcast but Maybe, yeah, it came out two years ago. Might as well. Yeah, people have seen this. So apparently, may weird coincidence about him wanting to give his heart away because like his brain is deteriorating and I think he's pla- I think he was planning... On how his, to die. Yeah, and how to die. And then Ali's name was on the list of like his heart recipients. People looking for yeah, spare hearts. People looking for a spare heart. <laughs> It's really taken so literally at this point. Like, binigay niya talaga yung puso niya kay Ali. Yeah. Going back to the 
character not being well-developed. Tropes, tropes, tropes. That's what I keep on thinking about, Ali. Na mixture of the manic pixie girl. Paxi, pixie dream girl. Yeah. Pixie dream yeah. girl and the sick girl trope. But none of it was done really well. Not, not that bad, but it wasn't super clear. So you would just think na... Where is this motivation really coming from? From the manic pixie dream girl side or from the sick side? Because it was a mixture of both. But can, yeah. you, can you explain those tropes? No, yeah, I had a, a bunch of notes about this these kind of tropes, but mostly about the sit, sick girl trope. And you know, I did a bunch of research, which means I watched a bunch of YouTube <laughs> YouTube videos, and it. There really is... I mean, that trope exists for a reason, right? Yung portrayal of the sick girl as a constant reminder to viewers that life is short. You know, carpe diem, literally, that Edward Barber character says, you only live once, YOLO, diba? But that's what bothered me. It's because ganun na lang siya, symbol na lang na to everyone else who's not sick out there, you know, live your life or else, you know, <laughs> you might need a heart one day. Or you'll regret it. yeah. And also, what I wrote about this trope is that the sick girl trope is mostly about what she represents rather than what she's actually going through. And I bring that up because we don't... I mean, I, I we see in the trailer that she's going, she has this disease, this sickness, the hypertropic cardiomyopathy. And... <laughs> Hindi pa to trivia, but I researched... Research, I just browsed Google... And apparently, many people with that disease don't know that they have it, <laughs> that the disease may not cause any symptoms at all. So, pipili na lang sila ng sakit. That will correspond to the symbolism of the puso and love. I don't know, but I don't know if that was the intention. But like, it's just gotten so borderline corny at this... Uh... Akala ko pipili na lang sila ng sakit yung hindi pa masyado nangyayari or something. I mean, I, I looked it up. Maybe... They wanted to pick out a disease that makes sense and it will fall into this kind of trope. Yeah, because hindi pwedeng heart attack. Hindi pwedeng heart attack. <laughs> she'd be walking around clutching her chest. Ah, ito pa. And we don't know what, um, what's her name? Ali. We don't know what she's going through on a real day-to-day basis. Like, if she takes meds, what is she really feeling? Is she, uh... if she's seeking help? Or how is she even paying for this? Do we know that? What's the Well, financial... nasa Canada sila, so they it's... have universal <laughs> healthcare. It's healthcare in Canada, the movie. Yeah. Yeah, actually, diba, we were talking about it while watching it. Like, what a slap in the face na if you get this disease. Hindi ito mangyayari sa Pilipinas. Yeah. Like, how, oo, may magbibigay ba ng puso? If you have money or... Black market. It's just, it's just sad. Yeah, okay, sick girl. Sick girl trope, but... Hindi ko rin masyado na feel na meron nga siyang sakit but you're correct. Hindi naman siya maputla. <laughs> she, ang ganda-ganda ni Bea Alonzo. It's very hard to imagine her as sick and she's like going around Canada and even even Agamulak, even Nick. Like for a guy with a brain tumor, he's like sobrang lakwachera. <laughs> Kung saan siya pumupunta. Dami niyang lakad. Although with Nick, his contemplative nature kind of signaled something along those lines na, oh, why does he record on his phone? Or he looks up in the sky to appreciate every morning that he has. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit different from the way they represent Ali's character na, 
ano ba, quirky librarian, quirky, quirky photographer, parang ganun na, syempre, as Nick, who he knows himself that he's dying soon, quirkiness is attractive and that's what the Manic Pixie Girl is. Yes. The Manic Pixie Girl trope is. Mm-mm. Very different contrasting characters and the guy kind of comes out of his shell. Yeah. She kind of teaches him how to live and her being sick is all the more reason for him to like change. One thing I didn't like Oh, not really didn't like. But one thing I observed about this movie was that Aga Mulak lost it. I don't know what it is, but I feel like the... Because the last movie that we saw him in Sana Maulit Muli, which was shot 23 years ago, if my math is correct. This was 1995, right? Sana Maulit Muli. And over here, right now, seeing him in this movie, it just feels like he's that, you know, he's a little older you really feel that and he he looks a little more tired but i thought they would have played into that like really him aging and hindi nga oo nga no parang there were a couple of references to his age oh pero parang at bagets pa rin siya which oh, is a movie he did <laughs> guapo pa rin siya and it's fine yeah it felt there were moments there that it felt that he was phoning it in for me mm. pero i feel like i wonder nga if that is just what is it uh, before it was so natural. Pero ngayon parang he looks tired. He looks a bit tired. And, pero guapo pa rin si Agua. Agua. Agua, Agua mula. Agua mula. Agua. Kasi nasa may tubig siya. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think he was that convincing for me as a person with this really severe brain tumor. I don't really have a lot of notes about this movie because the highlights and the lowlights weren't just contrasting enough na parang once we figured out na merong sakit si Nick, it just stayed the same. The, the tone of the movie was very subdued. So parang walang standout moment except for the end part. But the end part and the dinner part. But everything after that, they were, I feel like they were trying to go with the, I don't know, before sunrise. Their, type of situation yeah. na sila lang dalawa lagi nag-uusap. So, I don't remember a lot of the scenes when Aga, uh, when Nick and Ali were together, actually. They, there were, there was a montage, I think, of them frolicking around Vancouver, all of the touristy spots, I assume, because you kept on saying, Sa gas town. Well, <laughs> oh, wala namang bus gen or something. So, yeah, I think it just provided a very beautiful backdrop, which, made me think tuloy na I I feel like Vancouver was really just a backdrop at this point because when we we, we always talk about like you know Hong Kong the movie the destination movies but those those des- destinations I feel still made sense because characters are literally transported somewhere else and then you see someone in a new light diba parang normally when they're back from that trip nagbago na yung tingin so right now, they didn't go anywhere else. They were just in Vancouver and not really running away from their problems sa Pilipinas or something. But, ayan, frolicking around Gastown, like you said. <laughs> so inconsequential yung being in Vancouver. For I have no them. idea why it had to be shot in Vancouver. I think it could have been shot anywhere else and yeah. it could still have the same, you could still have, pull off the same story. Yeah, so it deserves being called Vancouver the movie. I think I'll call this 
episode Vancouver the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It won again the destination won again. This is like ultra destination. This is really Vancouver the movie and Canadian healthcare the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's just so... I was so excited seeing this kasi parang, uy, ang ganda ng backdrop. Sana magamit nila or Ewan ko, when it's shot well, of course, I have high hopes. But look at me now. I, I, I can't remember a lot of the scenes when they were together just because it was so monotone. Mm-hmm. Parang, oh, we, didn't we already go with that conflict? It's the same conflict again. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think I would have a different opinion about, you know, insert country, the movie, if the locations made sense or like if... They might have alluded to like having a special bridge or a park or something like that. Right? Yeah. So that way, you know, there was some meaning. But other than that, yeah, it was, it's a pretty place. I still want to go to Vancouver. <laughs> thank you for, thank you, Aga Mulak and Bay Alonzo for <laughs> promoting, introducing for introducing us. Vancouver to me. <laughs> no, I want to go. Baka bayad to ng Canadian Tourism Board. <laughs> check natin yung credits. <laughs> Let's check the credits. <laughs> I've been to Vancouver, but I've heard that there's more Filipinos in Toronto. So, ah, so si Aga and si Bea lag yung van, yung Filipino. I mean, you can say that madaming Filipinos sa Vegas, for example, or mm-hmm. sa LA. Right? Ah. So I, I, I think there's more work in Toronto. I don't know, but Vancouver is a very desirable city in uh, Canada. Oh, now I wanna go. <laughs> oh my God! This is how much. Vancouver, the movie this is. Well, tell me Look at this much. conversation. <laughs> I have a friend who's in Vancouver. <laughs> I want to be there. Anything else you can tell Is about? it trivia time? I have trivia. <laughs> okay, it's trivia time. Go. It's trivia time Go. already. Okay, my trivia is... So I got this trivia, Care of Cosmo. They posted a review about this movie and I scrolled down. To see what the trivia was, because they were in bullet points. Apparently, the director Paul Soriano's father, Jeric Soriano, was the director of one of Aga's most popular movies, Hot Shots, which Aga made when he was just 15. It's no wonder it became one of Paul Soriano's dreams to direct Aga. Wow. Right? So, oh, galing, no? So the daddy of Paul Soriano, <laughs> the daddy of Paul Soriano, directed young fifteen-year-old Aga. And now, baby, baby direct Paul baby, Soriano baby. is directing the what fifty-five-year-old Aga? We Not fifty-five, forty-five. Forty-six, though, she's a movie. Eh. So now both father and son can share notes <laughs> with directing Aga. Yeah. Yun lang yung trivia ko. It's uh. It's not as exciting as I thought it would be. I, yeah. We can wrap up if you want, but I do have my... Final thoughts. My final thoughts. Before we wrap up, I want to talk about... You mentioned that, you know, Direct Paul has a, also a director father. And we were talking about only rich people can direct movies so. or become filmmakers. I know. Now it doesn't make sense to be surprised anymore that it runs in the family because money runs in the family. And maybe Daddy Direct Paul also, you know, introduced yeah. Direct Paul and like really got him into that business. Yeah. Huh. Now I want to look up his movies. Um, what's his name? Jerick Soriano. You want to watch Hot Shots? Puede. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, since you're ready to wrap this up, who would you recommend this movie to? Yes, I do like framing it this way. I mean, I would still recommend it. Okay, I would recommend First Love to people who live in Vancouver <laughs> and people who have spent time around downtown Vancouver. No, that's that's a joke. I would recommend this movie to anyone having a bad day because I feel like despite everything that we've said, it's still a pretty you know chill movie to play in the background and you know occasionally feel the kilig of Agamunak because <laughs> And yeah, it's just a nice. It's because it's visually pleasing to see, and maybe you can be one of those viewers who are like, "Oh, yung ganda naman yan, nasaan yan." So yeah, and who would you recommend this movie to? First love, definitely the first part for me is the same. Anybody who is interested in Vancouver, check it out. It's really nice. I think I would recommend this movie to. People who are sick. If you have COVID, I hope you don't. I hope everybody who is listening is safe and sound. But if you're you have COVID or you have a mild pneumonia or flu or something that's just curable, watch this movie. It's enjoyable. Why? Ah, okay. Because they're sick, so it's like this movie will uplift you we'll or just like will cure your COVID. It's just the flu. I I hope this movie cures COVID, but. You know, I, it will make you feel good, right? It's just there, monotone, yeah. consistent, nice background music, yeah. nice visuals. So, you know, it will help you relax and lull you to sleep. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make you pull your hair off or anything. It's a chill movie. Yeah, it's a chill movie. Not a lot of contrabida, so. Okay, it's uh, rating time. I will not let this pass. There will always be rating time. You gotta rate this movie. How would you rate First Love? If zero is you will be constantly judged by fellow OFWs, <laughs> and 10 is you know, you work in a nice, quirky bookshop with you know, nice background music. Grab in a man. I don't understand <laughs> the range because if I want to work in a bookstore, book sorry, bookstore, does that mean I'll rate it ten? No, no, okay, oh, no, no, no. The rating, chill the bookstore. Uh oh. Don't edit out the silence. I'm really thinking. <laughs> Maybe a five. This is a five out of ten for me. Do I have to explain? Uh oh. Kailang may explanation tayo. Yeah. Well, like I said, we talked about, we talked a lot about the manic pixie manic dream, dream girl. sick girl and them not having, you know, Aga Mulak and Bea Alonso not having that much chemistry that I wish was there. Um, That's, that's a big factor for and yeah, still playing all the tropes and essentially having unfocused characters and plot points. If you remember there were there was that story pa about Aga's son and someone on the phone and was that G Tonji who showed up at the party, the costume party. There was just a lot going on that I feel was supposed to add to the 
you know, to the layer drama, and then eventually just confused me a lot. But yeah, plus points for Vancouver as a beautiful backdrop. <laughs> I for, I totally forgot about that part. With yeah, that we didn't mention <laughs> the the boy. It's just okay. Oh, and my last note, pala, was that it's this is uh Pinoy fault in her stars, but. Oh, I haven't seen Fault in Our Stars. I know. It's about two sick people. Okay. <laughs> Vancouver, Fault in Your Stars, Vancouver in edition. Oh, man, what's your rating? Well, five, I think, is generous for this movie. Even though I, you know, recommend this is for sick people to watch. <laughs> I would say it's uh, four, three, four, three, four, three. Me decimal style. Uh, four point, three point five. In between four and three, I'll say three. It was just so monotone. I can't remember anything about it at all. The last part was good. The final scene with the artistic beats of, you know, Nick in an astronaut costume floating into space. And just for the listeners, she's rolling her eyes with that comment. <laughs> it's not your like comment. It. It's just, it's I just remember scene. the scene. Yeah. Okay. It, it, was, it nicely unfolded the, fin- the finale for me. But still, those moments are far and few in between. I it, I got to that point where it was like, muna. What is this cute shit going? <laughs> astronaut. Oh yeah, ka pa in this way. There can be kilig naman. There can be old kilig. I feel without without the treatment being cute and like costume party and astronaut. I wear astronaut. Floating into space. Parang hindi nga realistic yung portrayal of. You know, dreams, ni, yeah, youthfulness, ni Nick. Okay, and with that, with that, this has been the Popoy and Basher podcast. I was, I am your host, Danny. And this is Eugene. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.